Well, hey there, Boss Free Society listeners. This is Patty Dominguez with Tim Wambach, and you are listening to episode 118 of the Boss Free Society podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about how to not suck at networking. So if you have challenges networking, we know how important networking is, right? Especially especially as an entrepreneur, getting out there, making connections, making contacts. You know, networking is just essential. So you're going to be hearing from David J.P. Fisher, affectionately referred to as D-Fish. And D-Fish has many attributes and accolades to his names, many accomplishments, and he's written five books on networking. So we figured this guy knows what he's talking about. So he's going to be talking to us about networking, among other things, about the entrepreneur lifestyle, what it has meant for him, and just some grilly sage advice that he's dropping on this episode. Now, we have a request. If you haven't done so, won't you please consider heading heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a review of our show. And I'm just going to go right out there and say five stars, much appreciated. That is how our show gets visibility, continues to grow. It's what's going to attract other people jumping on to the show and offering you, our listeners, creative value-added content in every episode. So again, head on over to iTunes, search for Boss Re Society. There's also a link on our show notes page, bossresociety.com, where you can click a link on there, head on over to iTunes and leave us that five-star rating, which would mean the world to us. And our social media handles on there as well. Let us know what you think. As always, our intention is to move forward, making the show better for you, our dear listener. So appreciate that. Here is the show and you're going to love it. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Boss Free Society. We got another great show for you, don't we, Patty? We do, and he's a really interesting guy with a really interesting background. And I say that because there's a lot of accolades and titles that he gives himself. Probably the most most interesting man, right? Most interesting man in the world. <laughs> well, that's it. Most close interesting man it. in close, the world. Close to it. Uh, well, we have David J.P. Fisher, otherwise known as D. Fish. Uh, he lives in Evanston, Illinois, next to a beautiful cemetery, which reminds him every morning of how precious life is. He's a speaker, coach, salesman, writer, meditator, marketer, musician, son, friend, brother, slam poet, clairvoyant, comedian, salsa dancer, lover of life, teller of bad jokes, a yoga enthusiast, and about an average cook. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes David Fisher. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's so great to have you, David. Really big pleasure. And just uh, through the mutual connection of no other than my brother, which is really random. It's probably the first time that my brother's made an introduction uh, of someone that we've had on the show. So it's a real honor to have you. And just in looking um, at the background that you have, super interesting 
interesting. You have a lot of things going on, and I know that Tim he wanted to ask you something about your slam poetry. Yeah, we got We got to see if you can uh, do a little, do a little bit, like some type of example of your of your slam poetry, because that's uh, that's definitely a skill that I don't think we've ever had someone on the show that has that skill. You're gonna put me on the spot, huh? I'm putting you on the spot, D Fish. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's a here's a bit of a piece called now. Now, a brief moment so filled with possibility that I want to sing, but I know that I can't sing, so I'll let my heart do it for me, and your ears might not hear it, but your soul will. Now is just enough time for a wink, a blink, a sigh, a cry, a scream, or a dream, but just one of the above, so choose wisely. Now, right now, there's just an us, a we, because there's not yet enough time to split apart that unity into a you and an I. Now is the point where my tightly wound potential can explode, or expound, or excoriate, or exercise, or exorcise, all at once with the same blinding action into a boundless symphony of creation. Now is nothing but now. They say there is no time like the present. They lie. There is no time but the present. Mm. The past, that's just a delusion, like a movie that you watch on Saturday afternoon. Not because you want to, not because you like it, but because it's on and you're too lazy to change the channel. And so you sit there mouthing the words, cringing at each bad plot turn, trying to get some entertainment from each irony, because you know how it ends. You've seen it before, a thousand times before. Now is the stuff that all the futures I dream of are made, but still take all the nows in the next 10 years and add them up and you get a future 10 years from here. But when you get there in 10 years, it's still just now. Now is where I shout out in pain and hope because with the endless repetition of conflict in this exact moment, in the clash between the nothing and the infinite that is this exact fleeting moment, I know that I'm more than nothing but I don't know how to be infinite yet. And so I try to hold on to each now as it slips through my fingers. Now, now, now. Yes. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's give no, wait, wait. We got to do the, we have to do the finger the snaps. The snaps. Do the snaps. Sexual <laughs> chocolate. You heard it here. <laughs> mic, mic drop. Boom. Mic drop. Okay. So how, how did this come about? This slam poetry. And, uh, and oh, by the way, all these other titles that you have, you have a lot of diversity or, you know, are your parents creative? How did you tap into this creativity? Uh, you know, I think that just tapping into that, uh, I get bored easily. <laughs> and so it was always trying something new. The, the poetry thing, I wrote poetry back in high school actually, and was probably pretty bad at it, but, uh, I wanted to be that brooding intellectual poet, you know? And, uh, uh, let go of it for a long time. And then the great thing about being here in Chicago is there's so much uh, yeah. so much creativity and culture and opportunities. And I ended up going to the Green Mill Lounge on the north side of Chicago yeah. where Slam Poetry started and just kept watching it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then one day I got up there and I tried it. And it was it was probably horrible, but I was it was just such a rush. And I'm like, I want to to tap into this. And so for about a year I just I kept going and kept uh, refining uh, my writing and and the one thing about going to a a venue like Slam Poetry and especially if you if you don't know much about it or if you're a listener and don't know much about it check it out it's an amazing amazing community but you have to get really good really fast because it's kind of the uh, the poetry of the masses and they will tell you if it's not good <laughs> <laughs> and so I liked kind of the opportunity to really kind of be tested. And I credit a lot of that to getting better at writing. And, you know, I've always been a performer. I played in a band for a long time on drums. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a speaker right now. And um, I love any opportunity to, to kind of meld the idea of creativity with really the exploration of, 
intellectual topics. And poetry was just one, one cool way to do that. How critical is creativity for you in your entrepreneur career? I don't think they're different. They're the same thing, right? Uh, I actually tell people often that being an entrepreneur is a creative exercise, mm-hmm. right? I, you are as much of an artist as a, a poet or a painter or an actor. Um, the whole entrepreneurial expression is literally, I'm going to take nothing and create something. You know, whether it's a consulting firm, a dance studio, uh, you want to start the, the next big app on, you know, on Apple, whatever it is, you are inventing something and creating something. And uh, I found that the most successful entrepreneurs really don't deny that, but really embrace it. And you'll, it's kind of one of the fun things about hanging out with entrepreneurs is they always do cool stuff too, right? They, they've always got that, that side gig going on where they can uh, fully express that. You um, recently wrote a book, correct? Uh, I wrote five of them. Oh, recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all last year. Yeah. Oh, all of them have been last. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, great. Now, you're, at least the one that – the most recent one is, is about networking, correct? Correct. And the, the first one I wrote, I released it just over a year ago, was Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. And then what I did is I actually wrote four more companion books to that that yeah. each really go to a specific demographic. So there's one for millennials, one for solopreneurs uh, and freelancers. One's just about LinkedIn and kind of social media networking. So, yeah, I've been I've been writing a lot of content lately. OK, so let, let's let's dive in into that a little bit. And I, um, you know, what what the bleep is networking? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really the, the great question. And. It's funny when you tell people that you write about or speak and train on, on networking because the response I always get is, oh, networking, that's so important. I should do it more. Or, yeah, networking, I should really, I should really uh, spend a little time on that. It's like something we know we should do but we don't feel comfortable with. Right. To me, networking is really just being very intentional about our relationship building. Mm-hmm. We all are in networks, right? We know people whether it's just our friends, our family, people we went to school with, people we work with, we have a network. What I think professional networking can be at its highest expression is about being very intentional about the relationships you have and about the relationships that you're looking to build and really just being open. It's, it's about creativity, which we mentioned before. Right. And finding, you know, I, for me, it's finding those relationships and then finding ways to be of service to other people and at the same time allowing them to be of service to you. You know, uh, Pat, you mentioned the reason I'm here is is networking. Yeah. I was talking to your brother, and he's my uh, my dance teacher. He's my salsa instructor. And he's fantastic. And I was telling him about some work I'm doing. He's like, "Oh my gosh, you should definitely be talking to my sister." And that's that's networking, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're having a great conversation. And so that to me is what networking is really about. And then we kind of point that in the direction of helping us accomplish our business goals, right? Yeah. So to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. Go for it. I was going to say. So to that point, what's a good example of where where most people fall short and their neck, their networking just sucks. It's off. It's just not what it should be or the direction that they should be going. So there are many reasons why people's network sucks. But uh, I think one of the best things that people can do to prevent the problems is actually go and think of networking as something you're doing consistently and constantly. One of the biggest challenges people have is they think about networking as this finite activity 
that they do for a very short period of time to accomplish a very specific goal, right? One of the most common is find a job, right? I need to find a job, so I'm going to go network right now. And they network, 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 and they meet people and they have conversations. They get the job and then they stop. And what that leads to is this very short-term approach to networking where like there's a lot of desperation in it and fear and, oh my gosh, I've got to connect with someone. And I find that very closed off. It's much easier to always be networking, to always be looking for the opportunities. Uh, I try to tell people um, when somebody reaches out to me by network and they go, well, I think you might want to talk to so-and-so. And I, I always say, absolutely, let's have a conversation. You know, it might go somewhere now, it might not, and that's okay. But I know that when uh, I am looking for opportunities or I do have something that you know, I need help with, it's very easy to go to a network that I've been cultivating over time as opposed to just now having to hit the phone and start to talk to people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was going to say, I think the critical component here is that it's a long-term game. It's not, I think people have this idea, and we were just talking about this with another guest. It's like you go to a networking event, you collect a bunch of cards, and then and they sit there in the corner of your desk. Versus <laughs> right. really seeing there is like, that's just literally the beginning of it. And so how are you engaging and how are you making it purposeful and systematic so that you're cultivating the relationship over a sequence of touch points? Absolutely. And in fact, an analogy I often give is dating. And if you went to a singles bar, you wouldn't walk up to somebody and go, hey, do you want to get married? (laughs) You could, but you might get a restraining order, right? Right. (laughs) But rather you go, hey, you seem like an interesting person. Let's exchange information and let's have another conversation after this, you know, and that what you'd be considered dating. Luckily, the nice thing about professional networking is you can date a lot of people at the same time and it's okay, but you you would have that relationship over time and then if things worked out, you'd be like, hey, let's be exclusive and then you'd say, hey, let's get married. In the same way, going to a, a networking event, in my opinion, is maybe three to five percent of the process. It's finding people who you want to engage with, but it's you know, moving past that, you said something about process, which is so critical. Uh, one of the things I talk a lot about in the books is that the human brain is not wired for networking. Hmm. Uh, the human brain is actually only designed to to really manage about 150 relationships at any given time. And so if you don't have a process for following up with people, maintaining contact, you have people come in, into your network and out right away. And right. you're not able to really provide any benefit for either party. So creating some process, and this I think is the idea of intentionality, going, hey, I'm going to use tools like social media, like Twitter or LinkedIn to stay in touch with people. I'm going to just reach out and have a cup of coffee with somebody every six months. You know, have a reminder to do that. And want to create those systems, not to be, um, not to make it stale or to make it seem fake, but creating that process is a big part of making your networking intentional as well. Now, do you have a process um, on how you know if the event is worth your time or not? Or do you have something, some layers of how you go about it? At this point, uh, no. And I'll tell you why I don't. I've, I've been doing it for a while. Um, I, th- I think it's hard to create a one-size-fits-all um, process for something like judging the value of a networking event. When I was brand new, so I started uh, my company, Rockstar Consulting, 10 years ago, uh, almost to the day. 
And when I first started, I was like, I don't have a good network. I don't know who, you know, how to be clients. So I was going to two or three events a week. And my goal was really um, just to meet as many people as I could. And so my judgment of whether a networking event was good or not was kind of a numbers thing. I was like, can I meet a lot of new people? Uh, as I have built my business and it's evolved, now my parameters are different. Now I'm like, hey, I've got a lot of people in my network. I'm really looking to meet a certain type of person, maybe a certain type of client or prospective client or a certain type of partner. And so now it's, it's much more a question, does this event have those people? And if not, it's, it might be a great event, just not a great event for me. So I'm much more selective uh, with where I spend my time. But that, that's kind of my approach to it. Specific to your rock star consulting, um, how do you engage with people? How do you help them? How do you provide value for, for your clients? Well, the better question is how don't we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I stand you know, corrected. Very, very well said. No, we, we started out um, – you know, and I, I use the, the royal we, uh, which is, you know, me, myself, and I, or me and the voices in my head. Um, <laughs> at our core, there's a lot of um, still what I would call business coaching, and that's working with entrepreneurs, small business owners, last solopreneurs, and service providers, just one-on-one, helping them with anything from how to build a uh, interviewing process into their business, working on delegation, sales management, how to sell. Because a lot of times as small business people, we have to sell just as much as we have to work with our internal team. Uh, but I also do a lot of speaking. I speak on networking, social media, entrepreneurship, sales, a lot of training. Uh, for a few years, I also had a uh, another side gig working with really the only company uh, in North America um, we were a startup firm that was a partner of LinkedIn's. So I was very deep into using LinkedIn for business. And I still do a lot of training around using social media for, for sales and marketing. I do coaching on LinkedIn profiles for people. Yeah. I write books. I sing songs. I do poetry, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So is there, is there a personal development habit that you have that helps kind of cultivate everything that you got going on? There's a number of them. And I was very fortunate that, uh, I worked with a coach, gosh, almost 15, 20 years ago, who really kind of got me started on this path. And um, I, I firmly believe, even kind of, I guess, like to a core foundational level, that success, and however you define success, whether it's money, whether it's peace of mind, happiness, um, it's, it's really just predicated on what you're doing um, on a regular basis. Uh, that the poem that I shared with you earlier was actually born out of this idea that we only have right now. So for me, a couple things that are really important is uh, I meditate daily in the morning um, just because I I am a little um, – my attention can wander quickly. I can have a pretty busy mind. So finding the opportunity to to quiet my mind has been really important. Um, And I do a lot of – just for me personally, I I do a lot of tracking of certain activities. Like every month I have a a list of things I'm working on or trying to do or trying not to do. And just kind of gamifying that has always been really good for me. Um, mm-hmm. Very short term, like, hey, I don't want to eat fried food this month. And like, let's see if I can get all month with something like that. Um, those are some of the big ones. Um, I also journal a lot. I think that's really important for people to kind of get their thoughts and to recognize patterns. Um, so those are some of, the, some of the big ones that jump to my mind. Now, when you say you gamify like your habits and whatnot, can you go a little step further and let kind of let us peek in and what you what exactly you do 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and this came, I, I kind of, I got my start in business, uh, as a salesperson, I worked with a, a company called Cutco. Um, I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of that, but they sell kitchen knives in people's homes. Definitely. And, oh uh, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> all right. Nice. nice. And, and I loved it. I was actually one of their top salespeople. I ran the Chicago office for years and trained, you know, uh, thousands of, of salespeople as well. And one of the nice things about that was in that sort of sales environment, it's very quantifiable. And it's very easy to kind of track things. And so I've brought that into my business still. And uh, for example, I have a, a big calendar, a, a wall calendar on my right above my desk. And uh, this is actually something I stole from uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I read an article that yeah. he tried to write jokes every day. Mm-hmm. And um, he would have a calendar. He'd put a big red X every day he wrote jokes. So I, this is, I think, almost the third year I've done this where every day that I write for at least 30 minutes, I, I X out a day. And people ask me how I wrote five books last year. I'm like, well, I write every day. Uh, the writing's not always good, but the activity's there, and you you add up. Um, and I, so that's that's probably one of the easiest ways to see this in action um, is is through that. I, I think that the idea of um, I'll take usually th- three to five activities that I want to work on, and they're usually again very small. I don't want to eat fried food or. Um, I don't want to play Xbox this month because I'm playing too much Xbox or I want to write one thank you note uh, every day or every week. And I'll literally, I mean, here's the rustle of this, these sheets of paper that I just have it on my desk. I put an X when I, when I do it. Um, there's, there's no magic to this, right? Right, exactly. Well, it's so smart because it just talks about like we all talk about and and then in so many instances of the guests that we've had, it's like they all have that common denominator of having just consistent habits. So they do that. So they do the one thing like the meditation or exercising every morning or waking up at five in the morning. And it's just so fascinating how those consistent habits, as boring as they sound, are so critical to success because, I mean, it guarantees that progress. Success is not sexy. No, it's not. No, it's it's a grind. It's right. a grind. And uh, you know, I, I remember having a conversation kind of early on with a prospective client, and they were t- talking about being a rock star, right? Because I named my company Rockstar, and I said I played in a band for a long time, and I remember telling them I love being in a band, some of the most fun I've ever had. But you have to understand, if you got a you know forty five minute set as a musician, let me tell you about how many hours have gone into that set. Yeah, like. Not even just learning the, to play your instrument, but then there's the practice, then there's the driving and the setup and just the blood, sweat, and tears for that little bit of fun. So if most people, we see success, we see success in others and we go, well, I want that. And we, we forget to realize that if you want the end result, you have to have every piece of it that goes to that. And that's, it's the grind. Tell us, Fish, what are you focused on this year? Because last year you wrote five books, you're going to write five more, or what are you focusing on? Well, the goal is three, uh, three books this year. So we'll see if we can pump those out. Um, slacker, (laughs) you know, I can barely look at myself in the mirror some mornings. (laughs) So I will never write. So is the focus of your Brad Pitt thing. Oh, the Brad Pitt thing. No. All right. Is the focus of the books around networking still, or is it, are you staying in that realm? Yeah, so I have one or two more in me uh, around networking. Uh, there's actually one that's going to be coming out for sales professionals specifically, one for uh, artists and creatives. 
uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm working on that right now, and that's going to be great. Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, hopefully working on a book about social selling, which is uh, you know using social media for the sales process, especially for um, kind of like the B2B sales market. Yeah, big companies, but also a lot of, again, small business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're just um, not really grabbing hold of a lot of the new tools we have. And so I want to write some ideas on on how they can do that. And then a big thing is I'm, I, I'm starting a podcast. I want to be cool like you guys. And uh, so we've got a podcast that's actually going to be coming out in February. Um, and it's called Beer, Beats, and Business. We're talking to some of today's top entrepreneurs, artists, and executives. Or I don't really have the radio voice down, but uh, <laughs> it's getting there. Tim, you're 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 much better. Um, <laughs> but so that's going to be a lot of fun too. Finding some ways to share with the, the community, um, kind of just what you said uh, about the idea of habits and what are successful people thinking about and talking about and working on uh, in their businesses and in their lives. So. That's that's gonna be big, and then uh, I still do a lot of speaking, and uh, I've been on the stage a lot last year, and this year promises to have some more opportunities to uh, get on a stage and, and talk because, as you can tell, I am very shy. <laughs> yeah, we were worried about you. That was, you know, we were talking before the call, Patty and I looked at each other. I, go, I don't know if he can if he can carry it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have to draw some some stuff out of this guy. It's gonna be like, oh yeah, you can blood from the stone. You're, so you're oozing personality, which is we we love guests like yeah. like um, <laughs> oozing. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> well, here I, question I have is what like what's been your biggest aha in being boss free? Something like me that you didn't know when you started. Yeah, so I've I've actually been an employee for exactly eleven months of my adult life. Wow, that's and, impressive. Uh, it, it is. There's the good and the bad, right? Um, and. Uh, it let me know that I'm, I'm a horrible, horrible employee. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest aha, and I was very fortunate that I learned this early. Um, as I mentioned, I was a, a manager for Cutco Cutlery. And, you know, I was basically running a sales office in Chicago. It was my own office. And I was 23, running a, a more than half a million dollar year sales company. Had no idea what I did or what I was doing. And the, the idea of being boss free is sometimes a, a misnomer, right? Because you do still have a boss and it's you. And I I think that was probably the biggest aha is like I'm still responsible to myself. And I think that not like in a a small way like you think of having a boss, but it was this idea that I'm responsible to myself and my own potential and to what I want to create. You know, I do think that uh, each of us are here both to run our own, you know, race to be on our own path, but also to help other people in whatever way that means. And like, that's what I had, that's what was my real boss, like what I could um, achieve if I actually put the effort and time in as opposed to just watching TV all, all night, right? And so that was both really liberating, but also, and to this day, somewhat daunting. It's like, great, I have, I cannot lie to my boss because he knows. (laughs) And so that, that for me was the biggest aha. And um, it's really, I think, directed a lot of my activities. You know, there are days where, and I, I have great balance. I, as you know, love doing a lot of different things. But there's definitely the days where I'm like, I'd rather just sit around and do nothing. But I'm gonna wake up early and start writing because my boss knows. You know, my, I can't call in sick. 
I can't fake it. Yeah, so. it's so it's so interesting. It's like you're not accountable to anybody but you. And and I always think of it because I have, you know, former friends or employ I'm sorry, friends <laughs> who I used to work with is what I wanted to say. And there was like, you know, how's it going? I'm like, I can't take a three hour lunch. I mean, I technically could. But the fact of the matter is, is that I don't get a paycheck every two weeks. It's not guaranteed. So I I so appreciate that comment because it's exactly that. Like you have to be super disciplined about not slacking off because it's really easy to slack off if you really wanted to. Absolutely. And I I think especially as entrepreneurs and and solopreneurs and freelancers, we are great at slacking off. Um, (laughs) You know, people... People think that uh, if you are disciplined, that you don't have the capability to slack off. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. We are experts at it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just a matter of plugging into what's really important you so go. that you, you can discipline yourself and go, no, th- there might be a time, you know, a beautiful Chicago afternoon, uh, I, I, you know, Friday afternoon in, in July. Yeah. You know what? I might kick off a little early and enjoy that and have that freedom. But I also know that I'm going to make up for that um, at some other time because right. nobody else will. So here, here's a question we like to ask our uh, our ballers that come on here, and I think you're going to probably have a pretty good story. What is the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur? The ballsiest move I've ever made. Um, you know, I, what's what's a <laughs> doing it right? <laughs> like let's <laughs> let's let's not get complicated here. Uh, you know, I said I'd worked um, for. Um, only 11 months as an employee. I think when I was uh, a graduate, I graduated from Northwestern University. Um, I had been selling Cutco. I had a chance to go open up my own business as you know, a 22-year-old. And I told my mom, yeah, you know what? I, I could go interview for these big consulting firms or whatever. I'm going to go start my own business. You, you, you forget about that, all that money I just spent on my, my degree. It was totally worth it, but I'm going to use it in a different way. And having to deal with that, <laughs> that look of like, are you, you, wait, what? And then even when I started Rockstar 10 years ago, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but we're going to go for it. And that for me, and I think for any entrepreneur out there, like just recognizing, even though being an entrepreneur is kind of cool these days, right? Everybody's kind of doing it um, <laughs> or saying they are. Yeah, exactly. It's scary. It's hard. And our society is not designed around supporting that and so i would say that's it may not be a very creative answer but that's absolutely the ballsiest thing i've ever done truth truth truthful so to that point we are literally at a half an hour if you can believe that deep oh my goodness it is, i know it flew by so so the last question we like to ask our guests is what sage advice can you offer our boss Re society listeners something that they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours that can move their business forward <laughs> just one thing. So here's what I would do. Write down one thing you need to stop doing immediately and one thing you need to start doing immediately to, to find success in your business. It's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be hard to figure out. The first thing that pops in your mind, if I did this one thing consistently in my business, it would improve. Whatever the answer to that is, start doing it. There, it. There's no, no secret to success. That's great. That's it. So to our fellow podcaster, D Fish, congratulations <laughs> on the launch of your podcasting that's coming. Please let us know when that happens. We will also have the links to your books. So all the whole series of books and really, really looking forward to seeing what you're going to do this year. You're a pretty interesting man. <laughs> well, as long as you think so. 
<laughs> we don't I'm, wait, I'm waiting for Dosakis to call me for the, uh, the commercial contract. <laughs> he needs to be. Yeah, he needs to get out of there with that other guy. Yeah, that guy. He's, he's, he's played out. out. He's played yeah. out. He's got nothing on you. Had enough. All right, you'll see. You'll see me on beer commercials. That's my next endeavor. <laughs> it, it, I'm not kidding. If uh, you know, you have the podcast to support the audience, right? Because your podcast name is Beer Beats and Business, which right? is launching. So there you go. You can get a, a, a sponsor. I love a it. Beer sponsor. We're already <laughs> problem solving for you. I love it. You're you're, you're now my my new mastermind group. There Done. You go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, T Fish. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Congratulations on ten years of your uh, rock star consulting business, the podcast that's coming, as well as the books. Really awesome to have you, and it, it truly is an honor. Thank you so much for having me, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page. Twitter at Boss Free Society or join our group of other boss free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook. <laughs>